All right, welcome to a uh, a different type of episode of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Mike and here, Louis Rabot. Yeah, the clink. <laughs> Hi, clink. Mike. Are we mailing it in, Louis? Is that what we're doing today? No, we're not doing that. Uh, yeah, no, not me. No, we're going to do, you know, not as much handicapping tonight. Uh, you know, we're in that kind of season where things are kind of gearing down with the big horses getting ready for Breeders' Cup. So we're going to go through class by class today, uh, especially on the dirt races, so really, Louis. More than Saturday else. dirt especially, yes. Right. Yeah, we're yeah. going to look at Saturday dirt races uh, because, you know, we can't really do too much on the juveniles just yet. And then we want to have a conversation with our man in Scotland, uh, Mr. James Welsh, before we start talking too much about the European horses. So, um uh, they it, went on the green stuff, not the brown stuff. So we'll, that's we'll, right. We'll, uh, we'll wait for old James for that one for sure. And so, uh, yeah, so we're going to kind of just go through these uh, these Breeders' Cup Classic or these Breeders' Cup classes um, and just talk about how the fields are shaping up, what we think, and uh, and almost kind of do, in some ways, I guess, kind of a horse racing recap of what's happened so far this year, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I've got a top five in every uh, class that we have. Uh, I laid out all of the horses that were essentially. Uh, able to be nominated for the uh, Breeders' Cup, so that Mike could have his comments as well, of course. And so, I, and I've already that, got I've already got a horse on here who I think is going to win. It's not even on the list. Beautiful, that's fantastic. So yes, uh, we're like, <laughs> so that's fantastic. Um, is it Hot Rod Charlie? Oh, sorry, you just took it. Is not. It is not Hot Rod Charlie. It is not. I got Flightline in the classic. Flightline in the classic. <laughs> I'm just going to make sure because, but I, I think he is eligible, and I think he's still going so it's just kind of surprised so but okay. we'll, we'll I, talk about I it later we'll get there we'll the, tease uh, that uh, media section and grab the pdfs of the of the eligible horses who have points in the breeders cup and went ahead and made the uh made the rankings out of that because there are a lot of people who tell me that horses are running or not running and then forte retires today and so who knows i mean it is what it is and it, it, a lot can happen in the next couple of weeks right louie i mean we see it almost every year i mean um and then one thing also i'm going to ask you this because I, I honestly just am interested in your opinion. Are we going to see another like Japanese influence here? I have one on the sheet that's not from Japan, but is from outside of North America that I think even on a dirt race, just she's had a ton of success. The timing all makes sense, uh, is an absolute wild card uh, in one of the races. And so we'll talk about her as we go. All right. Good deal. So, well, let's uh, do a little bit of a the answer is yes. I apologize. You asked a question that I didn't answer. Yes, there is a chance. Well, you know, that's what you media types do, right? So, uh, <laughs> you media types. We only got one. I got, listen, on your show Wednesday, I got, you know, uh, <laughs> taken to task by Issel because I only gave like a, a one word Issel. And then you, and then you, my, my poor buddy, Ben Roberts, you guys were so rough on him today. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, yeah, that poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I get, let me give a shout out real quick as the, we know baseball playoffs are going on today to, uh, a Bellarmine pitcher pitching tonight for the Diamondbacks, um, and he was the he pitched game one of the entire playoffs for these Diamondbacks. So uh, good luck to Brandon Fott, uh, and uh, hopefully he can get it done today. Uh, rookie season to be in this situation where the Diamondbacks have basically played themselves into a chance to go to the World Series is unreal. So and they need um, him to be great if they're going to do it. That's exactly right. Yeah, they do, I mean, and they don't really what they need. It's almost like the the game manager quarterback, they just can't have him blow up, right? And then they, hopefully they can get enough bats to go in. You know, if he has a quality start, they're going to be – he. they just need him to give a good five innings, and that's it. So, um, all right, we're going to do a, a replay here first, and we're going to look at the uh, grade one Queen Elizabeth II Challenge Cup at Keeneland last week. 
We got no sound. Elizabeth, but there's the second a, challenge there we cup go. presented by Dick Sienna. And here's a Luce Princess coming after Maj and Mission of Joy tries to find room between that pair. Maj has the lead. Mission of Joy second. A Lucy Princess third. Lindy is up to fourth and coming late. Maj still the leader. Mission of Joy. Then Lindy. Maj. Lindy running on. Maj. Lindy trying. Here's the wire. Maj takes it. Maj hangs on right there for the win. That would race was any further, Lindy would have had it. So maybe, yeah. I uh, so interesting. Kurt Becker's a little louder this year at Keeneland. Yeah. Are the green coats okay with that? Are the are the are the beautiful rock formations at Keeneland okay with Kurt Becker being awake and showing emotion? Are they okay with that? Maybe they got a new microphone. We're allowing now at Keeneland. Is no. this a different place? Do I need to talk to Dan Issel that his child is growing up and turning into a maniac? Who knows. Did you think that? <laughs> did you think his call was over the top? That's as excited as he's ever been. Okay. Well, ever, ever. So Queen I Elizabeth. think his job is to be the calm announcer. It's Keeneland. It's the Masters, right? I mean, it's it is what it is. He should be Jim Nance. Maj is coming down the stretch, and wow, she's quite quick. <laughs> and here comes a second challenger within a few strides. I mean, that's usually what he is. That's Kurt Becker. Like well, the good thing about Keeneland is it's at the time of year when you need to take naps anyway. So you just you throw on Keeneland, go to sleep. It's great. I almost went to Keeneland today. I was close. <laughs> I, was, I, I, I actually I texted TK. I almost went to Keeneland today. Have you used your pin to get in yet? Have you used? Your no, I've not done that. But uh, I texted TK and I was like, "Hey, are you going to Keeneland today?" If he would have said yes, I would have been there. If okay. not, I just I just went and hung out at the cigar club up in Lexington for a little bit and did some work. So oh, you were on Danville today. I was, no, I was up in Lexington today. Yeah. Was, you know, oh, so it was like, yeah. it was right there. And I was like, Phew. yeah. You know, hey, do I go to Keeneland and get nothing done? But I got to say, I, I connections immediately afterward are like, oh, yeah, we're going to stretch her out to a mile and a half. And it's like, why? Yeah. What do we do? Or a mile and a quarter, excuse me. Why? Why are we stretching to a mile and a quarter with this horse that obviously wants to be, you know, on near the lead, whatever? Why, why are we not trying to turf mile with her? I, I don't know. Maybe there's just not a shorter. Uh, Going the extra distance, I just think is unnecessary at this point, especially for a three-year-old. She doesn't need to do she can do that next year. She can do that in two years, whatever. I, I don't know why we're, you know, that, that group, at least I shouldn't say we. I, I don't have millions of dollars on a horse like Maj. And so I just I that one I don't understand. I, I would push back a little bit um on her uh, extending out like that. So we could have Maj and Mage win leadership <laughs> raises. It'd be beautiful. Hey, Blue, let's real quick, let's remind people kind of what we got going on Breeders' Cup week. Yep. Um, we're going to be doing our thing out of Chef's Cut, right? Yep. Is that is that for real? Yep. November so 1st, we'll have our uh, live episode from Chef's. Uh, we'll do that like we usually do for uh, big race weekends. We'll have our normal crowd. Uh, some added potential celebrity guests uh, as well. Might have some oh, fun with that. I don't even know what this is. You don't even know yet, which is great. And so okay. we'll work on that. Uh, Mike and I fly to Los Angeles on Thursday. We will do a late night pod on Thursday, probably just a quick check-in pod uh, when we get to town. And then Friday, obviously. Why? 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 Okay, Maybe. you don't have to be on it. Never mind. And so um, <laughs> other people who, who are going to work will do it. And then um, we will uh, – we'll There's not be anything to talk about. We're going to get on Friday morning, right? Are we going to do Friday during your all's normal town, 10 to 12? Correct. So we'll be yeah. on 10 to noon Eastern, right. 7 a.m. Pacific uh, from out there in Arcadia. Um, we are still finalizing our spot at Santa Anita. Once I know that, I'll make sure that we share it as much as we can so that if you happen to be out at Santa Anita this year, you can at least wave to us or um, come steal a cigar from Mike. And so yeah. um, we'll definitely do that. And uh, and then on Saturday, 
Uh, we will have a show from 9 Eastern until 10 Eastern on ESPN Louisville. And that will be what that'll be one of those shows that um, that you can pick up anywhere. We did one last year at Keeneland. It was about 55, 56 minutes, Mike. If you remember, we actually didn't take a break. We're going to do exactly that again this year. So we'll get right. you ready for that Saturday card um, in an hour show. Nice and easy available anywhere in the world. ESPN Louisville.com. Just ask your smart speaker for ESPN Louisville. We'll release it as the podcast at 10 o'clock, so at 7 a.m. Pacific, so that if you can't catch us live, you'll be able to catch it right after. And are we going to have uh, – is it going to be Dan – is Kilroy going to be on the air with us? Yeah, uh, so Dan right. and Kevin Kilroy will be joining us for all of our coverage out there at San Anita. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to have to make sure that everyone's really just like shortened to the point so we get all everyone's uh, picks. You know what? I was impressed. We did that Maryland Million show in like 55 minutes. And we, we did. Had a we lot did. of like playful back and forth too. So we, did. If we can do that. I know we can do it for Breeders Cup. Sure, it takes just a good facilitator, and then we can do definitely get it done. So with great, um, hair. With great hair, yes. <laughs> so Chef's Cut Wednesday night. If you're around Louisville, uh, Chef yeah. sells tickets for that. Uh, you can reach out to him for. Um, yeah, to see if you want to get yeah. in. Yep. Thechefscutpizzeria.com. Yep. And I, that's that's a lot of fun for us because I love interacting with that audience. You know, that's, yeah. Great that's really good. And then um, and then we'll be out in L.A. Thursday night, grab some dinner, maybe get on for 15 minutes. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have a little pot over dinner. I don't know. We'll see what, what comes out. I think it's going to be something like that, real simple, just, hey, we're on the ground. Look, Kevin Coroy exists, you know, um, that kind of thing. So, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, Friday, we will be from 10 to noon. On ESPN Louisville, you can catch us on the iHeart speaker. We will post that also, though, on the pod. And then Saturday, we will be there, uh, like Louis said, 9 to 10 a.m. So it's going to be nice because, you know. Some things, but if you are at Santa Anita, we will have a single barrel cigar for you. And so oh, there it is. Um, those are arriving tomorrow at my house. And so we'll have a nice uh, selection of those. We'll make sure uh, that the first, uh, I think it's the first 10 people that come find us at Breeders' Cup will get a cigar. So there you go. Nice. All right. Good deal um all right uh so let's get into it man yeah let's let's go through it let's go Ooh. go through these fields and we're gonna start with the philly and bear sprint um uh, i think this is a more intriguing matchup i mean i think you got you got i mean this is this is a great field i mean you're top five right off the bat if the fifth horse came in and won i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised right so uh let's go through this field real quick oh zach hi can we talk about the point system Sure. <laughs> That'd be a good thing to talk about. Well, so we talk about the points. Uh, there is a qualification system uh, for Breeders' Cup. And if you are wondering what that looks like, uh, the selection process is essentially that a maximum of 14 starters can be in the gate for each of the Breeders' Cup uh, championship races. So obviously the um, the track at different places, sometimes the turf uh, spread, the dirt mile have been limited to 12 starters. But generally speaking, I know that at Santa Anita, uh, they're capable of carrying 14 for most of their races. Um, the Breeders' Cup Limited has adopted uh, mostly just a field selection system. Um, and then in case there's too many subscribed horses. So a couple of years ago, Mike, you and I were at Keeneland in 2020 for the Breeders' Cup and um, Order of Australia won. And he came in off the bench, essentially. Um, and so uh, he's one of those horses that uh, was in an oversubscribed field, was lucky, got in on the 14th spot. So obviously he had made the selection uh, process that way. Uh, the other um, pre-entries, uh, you know, they, they do have the win and in uh, Breeders' Cup Challenge Series, uh, which is, uh, I think, a lot of the horses at the top of the list um, that we have uh, that we're going to talk about today are, are largely from that. And so um, there, there are horses that have qualified through usually – graded stakes um, all over the world, frankly, uh, but many of them in the United States and North America as well. And so um, that's that's another way that horses 
uh, can qualify. And then there's a point system for graded stakes performances during the year. And then at the end, there is a panel that is uh, employed by uh, the Breeders' Cup that uh, um, quote unquote, it's a se- a sel- uh, blah, blah, blah. essentially since we're in the, in the bluegrass, it's a selection committee. Um, and so after they get through all of those things, if they need to fill a field out and there's too many horses uh, ready to go for those races, um, you can uh, go ahead and qualify that way as well. And this has been horse racing one-on-one I'm Louis Rebeau. Uh, it's presented by, from our friends at the Maryland horse breeders association. So consider the advantage of buying and racing Maryland breads, Maryland breads and Maryland overnight races are eligible for 15% owner bonuses and 15% developer bonuses. To learn more, to become part of the Maryland success story, visit MarylandThoroughbred.com or call them 410-252-2100. We thank them, of course. They'll be hanging out with us uh, through Breeders' Cup as well. So how about that? Uh, where can people find those point systems, Lee? Uh, the point systems are available at the Breeders' Cup uh, website itself. So BreedersCup.com, they've got all that. Um, there is actually, I don't think you have to be a media member to get into the Breeders' Cup media part of the i don't think so website. yeah yeah and so i think anybody can go to it members.breederscup.com really good resource shows you all the horses that have qualified through the um qualification system and the others that have qualified through uh that greatest stake system okay so we're going to look at the first race we're gonna look at today is the philly mare sprint i, and I gotta our, ask huh? I mean, zach was that a good explanation of of the uh, qualifications. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. I just okay, wanted okay. like, like you guys said a bunch of stuff about getting in and it was like, no, but tell us how you get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's not, like, it's not like the Derby where there is just a set of races and you have to be in those races. It does deal with uh, graded and group stakes, if you will, group uh, races around the world as well. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking at this real quick, just making sure that my horse is in versus the point system, and he is, and he's definitely not on the show sheet. So, all right. Oh, I went based on the the website, not on the PDF that I ended up posting. Which is I'm very, looking at the website. Uh, the divisional point leaders. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it um having a meltdown? Nope. Okay, is it verifying? No. Okay, because he runs this weekend. Okay. Okay. Who, so that, you just fucking tell me. No, wait till we get to the classic. I'm not going to talk until you tell me who it is. All right, that's fine. That's going to be the best show ever. Then here we go. Um, so, <laughs> the the in that Philly and Mare sprint, listen, you're going to get Echo Zulu. You're going to get Yagiri. You're going to get Matareya. You're going to get Goodnight Olive. I'm really liking Matareya in this spot, and I think that's going to be a really good price on Matareya. So, uh, Zach, what do you think? Nobody's going to speak. That's good. You want my opinion? I sure. I have to say that you know, if I had to pick someone here by by name alone, I'd I'd go with Darth Vader. But um, <laughs> well, you know, I will too because I love the Star Wars names. Exactly. <laughs> but man, what a year Echo Zulu has had! I think there's a chance Echo Zulu could just tear it up. Louis, what do you six- think? <laughs> He's not going to listen. He's not going to listen until I tell him. That Zandon's not on the Breeders' Cup Classic list. So, <laughs> I just said it, Louie. How far you know who else is? You, you know who else is not on the Classic, and I'm very disappointed this year. I'm going. By the Zandon. way, Zandon we know is not running in the Classic. That's is, why he's not on the list. They've already declared that he's not going to run. I just looked line. at it again. He's listed. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. Why he listed in two different places? So, for example. Anarchist is listed in multiple places. No, I'm no. going by what the trainer said. He's not running, man. Zandon's not running in the in the Breeders' Cup class. Then where's he running? He's not. 
<laughs> well, he was listening. They don't run anymore, Mike. Oh, well, I, I didn't. He's not. He's still listed as active. According, and I said he has. I saw two different sites where they had him in there as the as the and the list. So I don't know. We'll see. But sure. All right. So who do you like in that Philly Mare sprint? Yeah, so Echo Zulu's the class here. I don't think it's even a question. Three straight graded wins. I think she's the best in the division uh, at this point. And um, for all the jokes we make about Steve Asmussen, Asmussen, um, six furlong sprints Asmussen. on the dirt are absolutely his. Do it again for me. Asmussen. There it is. And so I um. I worked hard to get that sound. About Steve Asmussen and everything that he does, six furlong sprints on the dirt, Mike, you would agree, are his absolute specialty. It's where his best horses have always been. Metolion up. Um, so I, I, I looked at Zulu as being the top of this class. Ugiri did just win that open mind at Churchill Downs. She followed it up with a win in the uh, Thurber Classic of America um, at Keeneland as well. So she's in a really, really good vein of form right now. They seem to have found something with her going back to one turn. Seems to be really effective. Goodnight Olive is an interesting entry here, Mike, because she's the, the closing type that can pick off a sprint race, right? So I've had a couple of those at Churchill Downs. Uh, pretty recently where they seem to find their stride uh, better after it falls apart in front of them. This is the Breeders' Cup, man. These horses are going to be flying out of the gate. Um, you know, Echo Zulu is going to be going absolutely as fast as she can. Yugiri the same. This is the kind of race where a, a, a good night Olive could absolutely pick it off. I have Kirsten Bosch in the fourth slot here uh, in this class. She's a local shooter. She won the Chillingworth um, last time out. It's a graded stakes there. The splits in that race are just absolutely outrageous. And so I'll be interested to see how well the California horses do um, in the Breeders' Cup because sometimes, Mike, I think that, you know, just familiarity with the track and being out there and whatever else, not having to travel, all those kinds of things, especially in the dirt races, seems to be something that really matters. So to give you an idea with Kirsten Bosch, for example, the splits were 21-3, and 43-3, and 108 and four, and the final time uh, going uh, six and a half furlongs was 115 and one. That's flying. If she can recreate that at Santa Anita, she's absolutely got a shot. She'll be fourth on my list. And then Matarea, I only have in there because I really, I mean, she's won me some money before. And I do think at some point, Mike, sometimes in these races, she's, and we know this, she's, she's talented. She's capable of winning, you know, high level races. Is this the one where she is able to, you know, put it together, you know, one last time, win a race like this. I don't think so, um, but I do think the top four in there all have a serious shot to win. Echo Zulu, though, being the class of that one. I, I mean, I don't think there's any question Echo Zulu is the class. I'm just saying I've gotten I've gotten bitten so many times by thinking like a horse could be a single in these races, and there's a reason why it's the Breeders' Cup, like because everyone everyone in this field yeah. is good, and even the the deeper horses that you had on that list of 16, I mean, there's several on that list that aren't ranked that if they snuck up and got the win, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened, you know. Um, but Echo Zulu has obviously been uh, just incredible as it's gone so far. Um, all right. We're moving on to the Breeders' Cup Distaff. All right, Louis. Top of the stretch, and they're into the stretch, and it is Secret Oath who comes into the final three sixteenths in front. Blue Stripe trying to pull up an upset. Ness has to do more. Malafut is there on the outside. Clarier is coming up the fence. Oh, there's Brahman against Neff. Here comes Clarier. Blue Stripe on the outside. It's Malafut coming to the wire. Who's it going to be? It is 
All right, so after a very suspect week of trying to pick long shots at the Breeders' Cup, man, I went Blue Stripe second and then Olympiad second in the distaff and in the uh, in the Classic last year, but that was Malathat uh, nosing out uh, Blue Stripe in what was probably, Mike, the best race we saw at the Breeders' Cup last year. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, it was – it was, it all, and to be honest, it usually is one of the best races, if not the best race, you know. Obviously, we saw a stud with, with Flightline last year, which was special – but at the same yeah, time, it's this, we this talk guy. about on the show, right? Fall in love yep. with Phillies and Mares because you'll get the three, four, five year olds all running against one another in races like this uh, prior head to heading off to breeding. And, and uh, last year was no different for sure. So you got idiomatic at the top of your list, Louie, coming off the win in the grade one spinster. Um, talk a little bit about why she's your number one. You know, it's interesting. And, and we've learned this on this show, Mike, just from getting to do some of the work that we've done where we, the old biases of where horses break their maidens and where they, they start and where they train are starting to go away, especially in this region. So, you know, wet paint breaks her maiden at uh, Horseshoe Indianapolis goes off and picks off a bunch of races on the Kentucky Oaks trail. For example, um, we got idiomatic who ran essentially the first half of her life on synthetic moves over to dirt and is just fine. It's really remarkable, frankly. And so she's won seven of eight lifetime. Uh, she's won four straight graded stakes, including uh, two grade ones. She's just the class of the 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 two-turn uh, fillies and mares right now. And so I fully expect her uh, to be part of the equation when we get to that Saturday out at Santa Anita. If we're talking local horses, we have to talk Baffert, especially when we're talking dirt, Mike. And I think Adair Manor in this case with five straight wins and four straight graded wins, with that Baffert connection, with all of those things, is just going to be comfortable there. She's going to know. Uh, the course, she's not going to be, you know, the paddock training is going to be pretty easy for her, for example. Uh, and so I think she's got a real serious shot here just because she's going to run a running style that it's going to be come, come get me, essentially. And so I, I think that can always win races. Um, I do think Idiomatic's a little bit more talented, but we'll find out. That's why they're, oh, man, I, I'm real. I'm already excited for the discount, Mike. <laughs> this is great. I'm so glad we're doing this. And then well, Ceiling we, Crusher, man, go ahead. Well, we got, I mean, just, just to mention some of the people, the, the females that we've seen there before, like Clary Air, um, stuff like that. Where, what kind of chance do you give a horse like that? Like a Clary Air? Yeah. Oh, if she runs a race, she's going to be there. And, you know, yeah. if, this last year was a nice reminder of this the Blue Prize, who's 22 to 1, right? Goes off at 22 to 1, and she's right there, and she's between horses. She's in the middle of three horses at the finish line, still grinding as hard as she can. No, no, I would look, a horse like Clary Air, if she, if, if for some reason the pace just falls apart in front of her, if we're running high, you know, low 23s and then, a you know, like a 47 and one, you know, maybe a 46 and change. If we get into that, that's where a Clarier can kind of sit off and just pounce. Um, that that absolutely can happen. And I think the distaff has shown us um, that while horses like Malfat, who are all timers, who are really, you know, just exceptional mares, definitely are usually the ones who win. You know, it, it, it definitely can turn the other way as well. Uh, Ceiling Crusher, uh, Zach was on the show that night when uh, we had, uh, um, you know, everybody was, what am I saying? Zach uh, remembers, though, uh, Steve Kronacki, uh giving out Ceiling Crusher on this show. Uh, four for four at Santa Anita, back-to-back uh, -back stakes. Won that cotillion um, in the absolute crap, and we had no idea how she would run outside of California. Um, in the crap, etc. seemed to be no problem for her. And so I think getting back to California and staying there, uh, training out there, etc. I think it's a big positive for her. So I'll put her in the third spot. That might be a bit of an upset for people, but uh, I think she belongs. Pretty mischievous man. Had the best first half of the year for a three-year-old filly that we, we've seen, frankly, in a while. It's been a minute. She was that good. Uh, the Kentucky Oaks, the Acorn, 
uh, wins the test, of course, under bad circumstances. Second in the cotillion in the slop. I'm not going to hold that slop against her. That, if you remember, <laughs> Delaware, Monmouth, and uh, or not Monmouth, then Delaware and Aqueduct both canceled the day that they ran the uh, the, the Penn uh, Derby, and they ran anyway in in Philadelphia. That was an absolute monsoon slash hurricane of a situation, and so I would be I, I would be surprised if she doesn't bounce back and have a really good performance here. And then I'm, I'm actually just fascinated though too. I mean, you mentioned the West Coast horses that could come in and do something, and and we're gonna see a horse who hasn't run in a while. But Faza, do you think Faza could jump up and and like just surprise people here? She's capable, but I, I it, uh, <laughs> tossing Baffert at Santa Anita, famous last word. That's right, right. Yeah, I mean, exactly right. Really I mean, is. I mean if, really if Baffert's is. putting her in this race, he thinks she, she has a shot. No, you're right. right? And, and we haven't seen this horse run since the Black Eyed Susan, but at the same time, or maybe that's where they just she just last got points in this thing. I mean, she was pretty she was pretty dominant Santa Anita in the first oh, half of the Black year. Black Eyed Susan's her last race, man. She's coming yeah. off a huge layoff. That's what I really wonder about is, you know, obviously the Baffert horses run well fresh um, and off layoffs like that. But, man, against competition like this where you're going to have other horses that, you know, maybe they're training up, but it's only been two months that they've been off. I think that's much of an advantage. And then Belleza de Arteaga, man, I don't know what to do. This horse has won nine straight races, five straight graded races. Wow. But it's in South America, and that's not what we're used to for being upset-minded. But then Blue Prize is an Argentinian. She ran huge last year. Huge. Now, that was after a bunch of races in California, and she'd obviously moved north of the border. I'm, You know, don't please don't bombard me with that but you know i just i i just wonder once in a while if this is the kind of horse because we saw in the distaff a couple years ago like you mentioned earlier in the show with a japanese entry that we just weren't ready for right i mean that's that just not ready for could bayesa to arteaga be that horse i don't know that's why she's on the list and uh ceiling crusher who we mentioned before is actually not even breeders cup nominated so they had to uh you know pay the supplement had to pay the supplement there so uh pretty interesting stuff right there all right good stuff louis uh we're gonna go on to the dirt sprint uh in the dirt sprint i think this is another one where a lot of people are gonna have this as your number one uh elite elite power up there as the top choice talk about what you like about elite power yeah i do have him on top i think that the eight straight wins before the vanderbilt showed what he really is he's a winner he likes to pass horses and in these sprints especially in the breeders cup it's going to be an all-out especially gunite is going to go just is it's what he does he gets out there he says come catch me if you can he goes slower in the last furlong uh than he does in any of the others um and if you can catch him you can if you can't you can and that's it just is what it is and so in my mind elite power is going to be the one that's going to be the best at sitting off the pace picking off horses as they try to do um their thing up front and maybe he would be that one uh just to uh to to, uh, to pick him off you're also going to get I ratted that in that saddle, and he is as good against other jo- uh, other great jockeys as anyone on the planet. Gunite, though, uh, one of a, a grade one this year. I, he's the fastest sprinter on the male side, but it doesn't mean that he's going to win necessarily, and it doesn't mean that he's going to be in first place when they hit the line at Santa Anita either. Um, there's a reason he's behind is because he's won two of his last four, and again, elite power seven for eight before um, the Vanderbilt in which he finished second. Wild card, I think, of the entire weekend is the Chosen Rob. And this is a horse we talked about ahead of the Bing Crosby, Mike, that I couldn't figure out if coming out of state-bred competition in California, if those splits meant anything. We talk about class going class on this show. Talk about class. And we're talking about the Breeders' Cup. This is class of class. Is the chosen Ron in that class? He's a grade one winner at this point, right? 
I mean, you can't take that away from him ever. The Bing Crosby, we've seen great horses in that race, Mike, come out of that. It's a legitimate grade one. Say what you want but uh, about Southern California. But, look, the, the greatest stakes at Del Mar are legitimate. It doesn't – they just are. Um, and you get bigger fields and you get – you know, you get the top horses. Is the chosen Vron really the best of the California sprinters? If he is, and he can keep those clips going, I think he's got a serious shot against this field, or at least, at least to pick up a really big check. One in Vermillion. Beat elite power in the Jerkins. Three-year-old. Best lifetime speed figure ever, though, was in the Las Barrera at Santa Anita. So can this horse get back to California and reclaim some of that. So win the grade one on the East Coast and then come back to California, get your California speed back. That's a fascinating combination. One of a million, like I mentioned, a three-year-old peaking at the right time, growing up in the fall here. Can we see that horse be part of that equation at at the end as well? I absolutely think we can. And so that'll be an interesting entry there as well. And then Anarchist, I have in two different groups. I have it in 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 the in the sprint, and then I have him in the, the mile because I think they're in between deciding what they're going to do with Anarchist. Anarchist did win the Pat O'Brien to Del Mar four four times at Santa Anita, four second place finishes. So interested to see if he can just push through on a on a field like this. I have him fifth for a reason. I don't think he's as good as the other four. Fascinated by the chosen Vaughn as a, as a as a local wild card. I think that one in Vermillion might not win it this year, but I think that's a horse that they continue to race him could win it next year, the year after. So if elite power was to win, be only the third horse to win this sprint in back-to-back years. The other two being Roy H who won the 17 in 2017, 2018, and then midnight Lou 2007 and 2008. So it happens every 10 years and this is not on that 10 year run. So we'll see if elite power can break that trend, I guess a little bit and get that W uh, I think we covered that Roy H win. Um, we did, yeah. The, the, the last one, yeah. yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So, all right, we're gonna move down, way. move down to the uh, the Cody's Wish Dirt Mile. So, uh, although I would say Cody's Wish has shown a little vulnerability here lately, right? So, um, the rail gunite, Cody's Wish coming up on their outside, and the three of them will turn for home together, and they're into the stretch. It's Cody's Wish and Cyberknife. Slow down Andy in between horses. Down to the final 16th. Cyberknife on the inside. Cody's Wish on the outside. Down the center of Slow Down Andy. They're coming down to the finish. Here's the wire. Oh, the wish has come true. That one's for you, Cody. Cody's Wish has won the Breeders' Cup. Great moment there. Uh, Larry Collins. There you go. Cody's Wish. Uh, you know, it's obviously it's a great story, Louie. Um, but we just talked about it. Like it's really, it's really difficult to win these races in back to back years. Um, Cody's Wish, capable for sure. Lost to White Barrio in the Whitney, but did win that Vosberg last time out. Um, who do you and of course won this race last year? Who do you like uh, besides Cody's Wish, or, or do you think Cody's Wish can take on a uh, flight line in the Whitney this year? That course, yeah. was uh, it was unbelievable. Um, but look, Cody's Wish, two turns, that's where you get worried. Now, he did it last year at Keeneland, as we just played, right? So he got over the two turns for the mile, no problem. If you are in the uh, urban handicapper, sniper, uh, Barry Spears camp, the two turns doesn't matter. The mile matters, right? Um, he's right. If you consider Keeneland last year, uh, trying to stretch out past that, they had thought about the classic for this horse decided against it. I do think the miles, a better spot with the way he's been breaking from the gate lately, Mike, 
it went from like, is it a one-off to, oh, crap, he keeps doing it. And that's not good against Breeders' Cup competition. And so I don't want to say he's quote-unquote vulnerable. Look, he's the class of this of this, of this this group. But if he stumbles out of the gate in the Breeders' Cup, man, he can lose. I mean, it's just – it's the nature of these things. He almost – I mean, Cyberknife almost caught him last year. Cyberknife. Yep. Now, Cyberknife yep. had a nice three-year-old year. Let's be very clear about that. But he was not the horse that Cody's wishes. Man, all right, so let's keep going. So that's one. Two here for me is Zozos. Impressive in the ACAC. He's uh, three for three. Last three out at a mile. Is everybody all right? A little, uh, little I feedback? guess uh, I guess the storm's rolling through. It's bad enough that they need to sound the, oh. the storm. Is, that, is it raining at your house? Sheesh. Uh, I don't know. I'm in my basement, um, so don't worry about it. I'll talk for a little minute here. The only thing is here, remember, and the, the Breeders' Cup site matters a lot for the layout of the track. We talk about Saratoga, we talk about Ellis Park, and their one-mile shoot, which is essentially a one-and-a-half turn race when horses run out a mile there. Churchill's not like that. It's a pretty straight run down the stretch. It's not a hard turn at all to get onto the main track at Churchill out of the mile shoot, where they also run seven furlong races uh, around the corner here. And I, um, Zozos, great at a mile, didn't need to do any work to win the ACAC. We also watched Senor Buscador win that race and then try the two-turn at Keeneland. Didn't love it. I think Zozos now is better a better horse than Senor Buscador was when he ran in the Breeders' Cup. Now, since then, Senor Buscador has won great stakes out in California at two turns, longer distances. He's shown it as an older horse. But at the time he was in the Breeders' Cup, I don't think he was as good as Zozos is right now coming in. So interested to see if he can keep it going. Like I said, three for three on dirt, at a mile, his last three out. Uh, practical move is, is slated for this field. Four straight wins, three of those at Santa Anita, two grade twos and a grade one. Second off the layoff here. Love that. Practical move trained by Tim Yakteen uh, down there in Southern California. So the horse is going to be able to train and stay at Santa Anita as long as they need to. I think he's absolutely um, got a shot here because of those connections, because of the familiarity with Santa Anita. Interested to see what they do with his running style. He's kind of a versatile horse. I think he can do a couple different things, um, but I think he's absolutely the third best. Um, in this group. Now that I'm talking through it, as far as chances to win in the mile, I might put him a spot ahead of Zozo's. Um, so, well, I mean, that's another horse. Again, we saw win the San Diego Derby, miss the Kentucky Derby, but they, they at least got that, even if it was kind of a tune up race in the uh, uh, allowance optional claiming race in, yes. uh, in earlier this month. So, right. um, it looks great. Good, good figure. I mean, great, great speed figure in that race. And it was um, a Sure. Look, I mean, let's yeah. call it what it was. It was lesser horses for sure. But you but needed to see him run against other horses and know he totally could do it, right? Totally yeah. Agree. Had to get back out there and show show it to me that uh, he was capable. Because if you're telling me he's going to go straight from the Santa Anita Derby to the Breeders' Cup, that's a hard pass for me. Fascinated by him, I think Timmy Actine's uh, growing into his role as a as a trainer the last couple of years. A lot of scrutiny on him because of the move during Derby season from Baffert to him. But uh, I think an underrated trainer that does a good job out in Southern California. Uh, one in Vermilion, man. Um, this is again a horse that we saw in the um, in the sprint. Dominated verifying uh, last out um, in the Jerkins. Interested to see it, which way they go with him. I would lean toward one turn with him, but if you think that the two horses at the top there aren't touchable, and that maybe maybe Cody's wish isn't going to get out of the gate well. I don't know. Um, not sure. And then I have Anarchist in the fifth. I think the mile distance actually in this field fits him a little better. If I were in ownership or in, in decision-making with Anarchist, I would put him in the mile. 
the last horse to win this race back-to-back, and actually the only horse to win this race back-to-back, was Golden Sense in 2013 and 2014. Both of those races were at Santa Anita. So, the, you know, there you go. That's um, I'm, 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 I'm definitely think I'm going to be betting against Cody's Wish. Okay. Which means Cody's Wish is going to win. <laughs> the Besmirchman Horse of Breeders' Cup. The Besmirchman Horse is going to go right there. All right. Now, moving on to the Breeders' Cup Classic. Um, you know, Where's we get the news today that Forte's out. It is like freaking pouring here. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you just talk classic. I'm going to mute myself. Oh. All right. Well, can you hear? Can you hear it? We can't hear you. We can't. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Good. I mean, it is like the value of a of a good shotgun mic. No one can. It is. It is coming down in buckets right now. Like, um, I didn't even think we were gonna get that much rain. I just want to say, if you can find the jockey cam on Twitter of this, watching life is good and watching Flightline just burst away and disappear, it is an amazing experience. And it's good. I mean, that was so awesome last year to be there for that and for us to witness just the uh, amazing horse that Flightline was. Um, And, you know, this is. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. It's a little. It feels a little down for me, just at that from that standpoint. But again, if Archangelo wins this race, I think we've got a great story here, and we've got a no doubt about it. Horse of the year, uh, our three year old horse of the year, huh? Yep. No, that's right. And frankly, you could probably push the horse into horse of the year conversation for winning that as well. Um, I, look, there are lots of different kinds of races. Uh, you and I are of the opinion we don't mind getting shorter prices if we get to watch greatness. <laughs> uh, that's totally fine with us. Uh, Flightline was one of those. Uh, needs to be said, uh, for full clarification on this show, his Pacific Classic was better than his um, Breeders' Cup, but the conditions at the Breeders' Cup sucked. Huh. So the I will give him credit for how crappy it was that day at the Breeders' Cup. We almost lost Mike uh, three different times to the Wicked Witch of the West. I mean, the wind. Um, and so, uh, dude... If people have never seen Dude, me. I'm we not. Were, a small we were person. in those media tents, and the tent was like lifting off the ground. <laughs> I had both feet off the ground several times trying to hold on to that tent. Um, I mean, it was, and I'm not a small person. I'm a big sandbag. <laughs> it was terrifying. So it was this unbelievable. It was like deuces. I'm going inside. <laughs> That's great. All right. So in the classic, I do have Archangelo on top. I, I, I think it's because. And I think if you if someone sat down with me and said, here's who I have or someone else, blah, blah, blah. And we sat down five people in a in, you know, trying to figure out where we we landed. I'll talk to James Welsh next week and maybe, you know, he could tell me who his favorite is. And I got five different answers. I wouldn't be mad at him. I, I get it this year. I think it's a, it's a pretty open race. I think there are certain horses that I don't trust to win it. But I don't think there are a lot that I would just draw a line through immediately. I will have Archangel on top. Just because he seems to have figured it out, he reminds me a little bit, excuse me there, um, about uh, a practical move a little bit as a three-year-old getting to his best form uh, later and later in the year. Um, did uh, 
and I think Mike, you'd agree with this. Did he not beat the best three-year-old field of the year in the Travers? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I think even in a year where the three-year-old class, we kind of wonder how good it is. We get a chance here in the Breeders' Cup to find out, uh, especially on the dirt side, right? And so uh, I think Archangelo for me is on top just because he's been so consistently good the last four races. Arabian Nights, the local shooter, man, three for four lifetime, his only loss is a trip to New Jersey in the Haskell. Uh, that trip was never going to win a uh, workout. Comes back, front runs, and wins the Pacific Classic. Guess what you can do in any race? Get to the front, stay in front, and win. If he can do that here with this group, uh, then if they can rock him to sleep and, and run decent fractions, high 23s, high 47s, and kind of cruise around at Santa Anita, I think they can do it. And again, the Baffert connection at Santa Anita, leave them out at your own risk. Um, it's a way to make money for sure, but you're probably throwing a, a ticket on the ground at some point. I love right. the rock ride, man. Go ahead. I want to know, seriously, I want to get on this though. So I'm I'm literally looking at a news article with Chad Brown four days ago talking about Zandon running the in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Oh, good. Okay, then I saw the wrong thing. That's great. Okay. I just want to make sure. Because I think I think that horse has a four. Nowhere near my top five. Oh my God. We'll see. I'm going with it. All right. Go ahead. This doesn't change my broadcast day at all, but now it does. Uh, Go Rocket Ride, I think, is one of the better three-year-olds as well. I think the Haskell was the best win by any three-year-old in any race this year. Um, and uh, I think he was really close to the Pacific Classic, just ran out of time. I think any other kind of pace scenario, he wins there. I think we'll get a different pace scenario in the Breeders' Cup, and he's got a serious shot. <sighs> listen, people. Listen. I love you. It's White of Barrio season, people. It really White is, though. Season. It's amazing how much this horse has improved. Listen to me, people. Y'all doubted me. That's right. White of Barrio drink. That's right. Y'all drunk. You doubted it. You doubted it. White of Barrio shows up. Winning performance was the best. Was the best performance this year over two turns of any horse in North America um, on dirt. And so let's let's be really clear about what he did. I don't love the training up to the the classic. That's all this time off for him. But I get it. It's 2023. That's how trainers act these days. Uh, the Dutro folks sent him out west um, pretty much as soon as he won um, because it is a winning in. And if you can get that on the Breeders' Cup, you take advantage and you go. I get it. I get it for the connections. Um, if he runs that race again, he wins, Mike. I mean, it's pretty simple. He runs that winning race again. It was the best one in North America this year. If he does it again, he will win the Classic. And, of course, that is his most recent performance, right? So it's got we got to wait it that way. But we – we haven't necessarily seen that from him before that. I mean, he's had some nice races. He's had some nice wins. Man, uh, here's he's my also, thing. It, you know, he gets nosed out in the in the Cigar Mile last year when it was still a grade one. It's a grade two this year. If he wins that race and he's got all the Florida races, he's got a win at Aqueduct in, in December, and then he comes back and he wins the Whitney at Saratoga and he's kind of bouncing around winning, I think we take him a lot more seriously in this race. Now, to be fair – I think he's going to be one of the two or three top bet horses in this field because of that Whitney. They're going to go back. They're going to see the speed figure. They're going to see the connections. The horse is listed right behind him. People are going to see that. They're going to be they're going to be swayed by that. Um, but I don't love the time off. Be interested to see how you know how he takes to it. But uh, you know, I still have him top five here, number four. Okay. I went a little wild card with number five with Bright Future, who did nose out proxy in the Jockey Club uh, Gold Cup for Todd Pletcher. And, and anyone listens to this show knows I'm a huge fan of Pletcher, how he operates, how he places his horses. Bright Future is another one of those rising horses getting better 
um, as the months go by. I expect him to be at full strength and very good in the Breeders' Cup Classic. So one, two, three, four, five are Archangelo, Arabian Night, Go Rocket Ride, White of Mario, and Bright Future. And like I said, I think I could sit down with four other horse racing people and they would have a totally different pick top five. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I just want to say 18 months is a long time. But I put fifty bucks on White Abario when you said he was going to win the Derby. That's all I'm sure. saying. Sure. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's a little unfortunate too. Like you know, I, I remember I last year like really, twelve to one on White Abario too, so it's a whole thing. Yeah. Anyways. You know, <laughs> we didn't get to see Taba have the the season that we thought we would we would see him have. You know, we it, it's the this the group of older horses have have kind of rode off into the sunset, right? And then. The uh, the three year old class is maybe not shake, uh, shaking out exactly how we thought it was going to shake out. So, but listen, I think Archangelo wins. It's a huge, it's a great okay. story, yeah. and uh, and Archangelo just because that horse didn't run the Derby doesn't. Uh, we've seen plenty of great three year olds that did not win that did not run in the Derby, right? So, um, we, like Airgate, for example. So, um, and I loved I, having Jenna on the show. Oh yeah, it was huge. Just, it was awesome. It's great that she won the Belmont. It's great that she won the Traverse. But in the national scope of things, Breeders' Cup Classic gets her a lot more exposure and is a major positive story for horse racing that we could sorely use. I 100% agree with that. And, of course, his daddy was Arrogate. So, you know, <laughs> let's, let's go for it. So, all right, um, Louie, anything else you want to add about Breeders' Cup season? Uh, we'll get into it, man. I'm, I'm already little kid excited about going out there. So <laughs> it's just going to be great. First time to Santa Anita for both of us. I've never been to Los Angeles. I don't know. How oh, really? Been. Yeah, I've I've been all over California, all over the West Coast, uh, Phoenix, Vegas, Denver. You know, all over, you know, all over the place. Austin, everywhere. I, in you no, know, so it's not a void of going west. I've spent a ton of time in Seattle, San Francisco, just L.A. for some reason. Um, never two been years there. Ago, I went to Charleston, South Carolina, for the first time, uh, and I had been all up and down the East Coast. So sometimes you just have these voids in travel, uh, and I'm get to. Check off a big one here. With trying to think what it is for me. I'm going to South Dakota for the first time next week. <laughs> I don't think Sioux Falls counts as uh, much as LA, though. Um, you made a comment about the governor. Oh yeah, she's hot. <laughs> she's good looking. Right. Um, she might be crazy. I don't know, but she, I, mean, I have no no idea about that. But she's hot. So. Right. Oh, no, I've, Zach. I've never stopped. In New Orleans, I've driven through it like highways. I've never stopped in New Orleans. I've never either. stopped in New Orleans. That's so my my massive hole. I just want to stop in New Orleans and and spend. We're some going time. to the springs. Whatever. That's that, that, that very well could be mine too, Zach. I, I've never stopped. I've never been to San Antonio. I've been mm -hmm. to LA twice. So I've been to Dodgers Stadium twice. I saw oh, the uh, I saw the Dodgers play the Yankees, and I saw the Dodgers play the uh, Cardinals. So, um, and then I saw the. I guess it doesn't really count when you go to Anaheim because Anaheim's not really LA. So I saw those Angels play here recently against the Reds. Maybe right. I saw Shohei Otani's last pitch ever. I don't know. That's right. Hey, <laughs> it is time to get into handicapping. Wanted to remind people about Gold Book Bets. Goldbookbets.com. Uh, if you buy the book this weekend, uh, we'll get you in uh, for 40% off the Breeders' Cup uh, package that we're going to have in a couple of weeks. So head over there, goldbookbets.com. Go check it out tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a uh, racing from Keeneland along with some bets. If you're in a sports betting area, we'll have you covered as well uh, for a couple of college football games uh, tomorrow night as well. So uh, get in goldbookbets.com. We had our best sales day ever outside of Derby week today. Today. Nice. nice. We had to be uh, that big special. Really going on, right? Get in now 40% off a of breeder's cup. If you go in and buy any of the next three days, uh, goldbookbets.com. Uh, so that's the 20th, 21st and 22nd of October, whenever you're listening to this. 
All right, so uh, we're going to talk real quick about race six, the uh, Perryville, which is a seven furlong race on the dirt for three year olds. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars on the line at Keeneland. Uh, have you been to the Perryville de- battlefield? Oh the, uh, no, no, I've been to no. this race, but not been to the battlefield. Yeah, it's supposedly very, very haunted. You know, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, okay. Yeah. Who do you like in this race, Louie? <laughs> I'll just watch the X-Files instead. Um, this is one, and, and we're in this weird part of the season where these are the other three-year-olds, if you will, right? Um, these are the guys that essentially, you know what, Mike? This is a grade three minus. Okay. We haven't grading system in a while. You're going to upgrade it? I'm upgrading it because Conference like Game, Race Kane, obvious uh, Kentucky Derby starters. Uh, Ray's Kane never made it to the Derby. I shouldn't say that. Uh, he, but he did run in the mat win um, and uh, was second in the Indiana Derby by a nose uh, behind Verifying. Verifying's in this race, won a grade three, um, has since come back and uh, ran in the Jerkins, ran second in the Jerkins at a grade one behind one of Vermillion, who's going to go run in the Breeders' Cup and I think has a serious shot in the in, uh, to, to pick up a check at the Breeders' Cup. So um, the other horse, though, that I think is really interesting and is a late bloomer, didn't break his maiden until July at Del Mar, is Dr. Venkman. And they're shipping him in, Mark Glass shipping him into Keeneland for this race. Really interested to watch Mark because Mark. Who's Mark? Um <laughs> been talking to Mark Ennis a lot. Sorry. Uh Mike, is that uh it's gonna rain today and it's gonna rain tomorrow. And so the course is gonna be wet at Keeneland. It'll be interesting to watch what's on turf, what's off turf, etc. How dry will the course be by Saturday? It should dro- stop raining tomorrow on Friday, the 20th, ahead of the 21st. What is that going to look like? Dr. Vankman used to those California conditions. But we've seen a lot of horses travel from California and perform really well at Keeneland. So I'm going to put Dr. Vankman on top because I like the price. We'll take and, and the Ghostbusters reference. Also that. I will take uh, Johnny V as well uh, in this combination, the two of them, uh, over their last seven. So I'm hoping to get off the schneid uh, with the two of them. I think verifying this is uh, – we had Chad Brown on – or Chad Brown, good board. Brad Cox on the uh, on the radio show a couple weeks ago. I asked him about the Jerkins and how I thought he turned back to one turn is ideal for this horse. I do think seven furlongs a mile is about what he wants to do with the mile by mile. I mean the mile at Churchill Downs, uh, one turn mile or Saratoga, something like that. I think we'll see a lot of that from him as a four year old. I have him in second spot there. I went to the four horse next. Um, his name is Ray's Kane. Uh, ran at Remington last out in the Oklahoma Derby and didn't love it. We're going back. We're turning back here uh, for trainer Ben Colebrook. Uh, second off the layoff here, he hits a 25%. Uh, and he goes from route to sprint at 14%. Decent sample size there. And so interested to see him move this horse from going two turns back to one turn. And uh, I really, 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 this meet have been leaning on Le- Louis Saez. By the way, in the gold book today, we did have the exacta in race five, 127 to one. Yesterday, we had a pick three that paid 75 to one. So we're on fire at Keeneland right now. Make sure you get in. And check that out as well. And then last, I did have a confidence game. This is a, a Kevin Kilroy special. He'll tell you all about it Friday morning on Insulin Louie. Um, all of the things about this, though, off the layoff, scream that he's not going to win for uh, trainer Keith DeZormo, unfortunately. So um, I have him in fourth place, a uh, fourth spot, a slot, I should say, for a reason. I think you can use the top two, five and one on top uh, if you wanted to play a multi-race sequence and move on. Uh, and so I will use uh, the old Ghostbuster re- reference in Dr. Bankman on top here five one love the dr vankman reference okay uh race and by the way i think that's a solid grade three uh field that's a that's a pretty decent field for you this know? time of year and what's available that's at least a grade three minus field yes uh and if you if you really want to on on the 21st you can watch the perryville stakes 
and then they're doing the Perryville like ghost stories and haunted tours on the battlefield that night. Although I think it's sold out. Zach, are you into that stuff? I actually don't know because I do like. Look, I love the X Files, for example. Like I love those kinds of stories and that kind of stuff. But I didn't know if Zach's a ghost guy. I actually don't know this. Um, no. <laughs> like You're not you don't a ghost believe guy. that, or like it freaks you the hell out. Uh, it definitely does not freak me out. I am way too psh, like norm, like low key about that kind of stuff. Got it. I mean, it, I like it, it'd, the, be, uh, it'd be fun if it was true, but I'd rather the telekinesis was true than ghosts. Right. Like, <laughs> or that we're getting visited from other dimensions by UAP. That would be awesome. Multiverse, <laughs> aliens. These are all things I would <laughs> rather believe in. Like, yeah, yeah. like I have those moments the... where I'm, I have those moments where I'm like, aliens are real. They have to be right. Like statistically, and that, but ghosts, they have to I'm be. like, ah, I don't know. I believe in both. There you go. I believe in both, and I, you know, I'm into this, uh, this Exorcist Files podcast right now. I'm, I'm into that. So talk about the exorcisms. I, I, I was about to say. I wonder what the overlap between. I grew up Catholic, and I believe in ghosts, is because yeah, like. Right. Because Catholics have like super ghosts, and I mean that in the most respectful <laughs> way, right? Like you have, you have like the saints are looking over you and angels and things like right, like you have. Well, they also spiritual purgatory. things that exist. Yeah. Communion of saints and all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. 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 I get it. Um, There's a lot, by the way. Yeah. Let's go on to the ra- the the Raven Run. Great two Raven Run here. Seven furlongs on the dirt. Three year old fillies. Three hundred fifty thousand dollars purse. Louis, would, where'd you land on this one? Man, potential future superstar in here for Brett Binkman. <laughs> Brinkman of call things. Um, look, daughter of Lord Nelson, Bretter for ten grand. Wow. Already won 268 grand as a chance to pick off another $100,000 check here. Uh, the seven horse under Tyler. I want to warn everyone. If I pick Tyler in a race, the horse finishes second. If I don't pick Tyler in a race, that horse wins. Horse wins, No question about it. Um, and so I think not only is she most likely to win, I think that if you wanted to get skinny, this is your spot. She was excellent at Delaware um, in a listed stakes. Come back, comes back in the grade two. Uh, Prioress at Saratoga, not as the favorite, by the way, and wins by eight and three quarters lengths in September. Uh, they obviously were pointing for this, um, did a great job with her um, as well, getting her ready. She's actually moved to Keeneland uh, within uh, the beginning, at the beginning of the month, excuse me, not within, at the beginning of October, getting her ready for this race, getting her comfortable at Keeneland as well. I think she's your chance at a single in the late sequence if you wanted to use her in that way. Um, the four horse here is an interesting one as well. In Vava, we've heard her name a couple times this year for Cherie DeVoe. Um, she hasn't won at Keeneland yet this meet, but she does get Johnny V in the saddle for this one. Two of them, impressive, four for their last 13 together, 38%. Interested to see if they can keep that kind, uh, excuse me, five for 13 uh, going, see if they can keep that kind of percentage going. Um, did win last time in that Charlestown Oaks, but it was over West wet, fast conditions. A lot of horses just didn't like it, but she did beat undervalued asset, who I think is a fine three-year-old filly in that race by open lengths. And so interested to see if she could continue that form into this one, the six horse uh, in this race, uh, excuse me, just lost my notes. For Brad Cox. And so wasn't that Prioress didn't go well uh, when she was there before that she was right behind Maple Leaf Mel in the victory ride, a grade three at Belmont. Um, the horse has been training at Ellis park of all things and um, has been training really well. Um, seen some of those workouts last time she had uh 
you know, that, that opportunity at Belmont in the victory ride, she was really good. Threw in a clunker last out. Brad Cox does a really good job of getting horses ready for races at Keeneland, so I do have her in the third. I have a super long shot that I think is really interesting here that you have to once in a while. I, I did <laughs> I did this on uh, Maryland preview day, and the horse missed in the turf sprint. Mike, Mike. Yes, yes. The second place Louis Longshot was back. It just it, cri- it crippled my soul. Yeah. The three nom de plume, Flavian Pratt, Paolo Lobo. Hear me out. Highest lifetime speed figure is 77. But this is a horse that went from 68 to 73 to 77. From Turfway to Ellis Park on the grass. Paolo Lobo's moving this horse to the dirt for this race. I have good news. He goes turf to dirt. Over his last 54 starts at 24% winners. He brings horses off a two-month layoff back at eight at uh, 19%. And um, you get Flavian Pratt, man. I just I think all of the angles line up here, and you get Flavian Pratt. Um, there have been some not so great morning lines at Keeneland this meet. I'm not gonna be mean about it. Nick's talked about it. I think he's a little stretched too thin. Um, they've gotten better this last couple of race days. I would say the last four or five. I think Nick's done a nice job. Um, they were way out of whack early on. Uh, but to be fair to him, Keeneland is so boutique, man. It's hard to predict who's going to be great. And, you know, who's going to be good coming out of Kentucky Downs? Sure. Louis is going to be worth a damn after breaking his, you know, his, his collarbone, that kind of stuff. Hard to predict those things early in a meet like Keeneland. He's really settled in after that. I think 20 to 1 is probably what you're going to get here. And I'm interested to see her and what she can do here. Broker Maiden in 2022, first asking uh, in December at Turfway, comes back, runs in February, takes all the time off, runs at Ellis in August, wins right away. We're getting Flavian here. Give me the yeah. horse that nom de plume, 20 to 1. That's a delicious price. Include her in your exactus and trifectas. Yeah, I love, I love that pick, actually, Louie. I think it's great. So you never know. I mean, just how races uh, set up and whatever else. If- she looks like a horse that wants to be out there and who wants to be in the in the business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, let's pay the tab. Let's get out of here. Uh, we thought this would be a quick show. We still did an hour. Uh, but, you know, that's what happens. All right. Uh, Louie? What's that? You got Zandon number one? No, I still think Archangel number one. But I like Zandon in my top three. Okay, how about that? Nice. Yeah. 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 So I got Chad Brown's number. Maybe we'll try to get him on the pod. That's right. The weird, uh, fi- what, what restaurant? We were at some Mexican place. We ran into Chad uh, Brown. Uh, Senor Iguanas. <laughs> over, over by UofL. Yeah. And there's Chad Brown at the bar. So, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to pay a tab. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you next week on the Horse Racing Happy Hour.